So I tell you what, can't thank everyone enough for taking their time to hang out with us here on Tech Five Radio. We really try every single Wednesday to bring really the coolest people, the coolest companies that are really making Pittsburgh shine. This is Jonathan Kirsten. And this is Audrey Russo. Thanks for joining. Yeah, so Audrey, I mean, first off, it's like the end of January, which right. means one and thing. Since it's the end of January, yeah. in our fifth year, the fifth iteration of this, I know. we have Beyond Big Data. It's tomorrow. Full day tomorrow. So I, I love this aggregation yep. of speakers that we have. We have, it's, and, and it's mind a, it's you. It's a powerhouse, if, well, if I must say so myself, of folks that are literally at the top of their game well, when it comes to Well, these are people who are in data analytics, artificial intelligence, right. machine learning. And for some of you who don't know what that is, maybe there's room and you can drop in. Or you can even find out posthumously how this has gone. Absolutely. But the, some of the speakers, and, and we're pretty proud, so... Because these people are, most of them are here in Pittsburgh. And we have a keynote by Steve Miller. He's the Senior Vice President of Strategy and Analytics at Dick's Sporting Goods. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we've had a, had a great relationship with Dick's as they start thinking about their own iteration of innovation. Exactly. Well, I just think about all the data they're collecting there and how they have to analyze and make decisions in order to sell more stuff, right? In terms of placement. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's crazy. It's crazy. It's like because, I mean, we're going to be on the scene grabbing some interviews that we're going to be posting great. shortly after this. right? Devashish Saxena, and he is the vice president and chief digital officer at PPG. We had him on the show. We did. Remember, we did he a double. He was a lot of fun. We did a double deep dive. He was with, a lot of fun. Yes, and he was. And really gave, like, some really great, unique perspectives in terms of what's happening at P- PPG. And he's new to Pittsburgh, which is kind of cool. Right, which is really great. We have um, Manuela Velosa. She is the managing director, head of AI research at J.P. Morgan, but she had been at Carnegie Mellon. Forever, yes. Forever. When I saw her name, I was like, I forgot about her almost. It's just awesome that she's going to join us and she's doing AI research at at Carnegie Mellon. We we have, like, Big Data 101, which I love, because all of us need that. All of us need it. We think we know. When we were putting together this whole trajectory of of, – let's point out the right word – this whole schedule of of, uh, topics, I thought it was important that we have something that just gets – the basics. I know. In there, just because a little refresh, just to get everyone kind of in that headspace, just saying. So, yeah, right. I, I was so glad to kind of have that. get confused. What's right. the difference between artificial intelligence, also known as AI, machine learning, deep learning? So we have a panelist and we have people, including a senior machine learning specialist from Amazon, Alexa. Yeah, I like it. And a and lot that, of people don't understand that they're right in our backyard they're in Pittsburgh here. They're doing working that work. on voice. And they're right here. We have um, also what does AI and machine learning mean for transportation and for smart cities? So we've got a nice combination there of local companies in yeah. Pittsburgh, which include Roadbotics, Aurora, Idelic, Rapid Flow Technologies. So they're all, they each and every one of those companies are trying to figure out some more seamless ways of exactly. safe environments, fast environments, freight, et cetera. And then there's another category, which is really so interesting. It's called social impact. And we're seeing a lot of trends around social impact. And Bank of New York Mellon has really done a good job over the years Mm -hmm. for their their enterprise um, work that they've done in in terms of social impact. And they've really cultivated sort of a blossoming of these kind of companies. But we have companies that you might not have heard of, but you really should. 
uh, Headstorm, Bloomfield Robotics, Marinus Analytics, Health Monitoring Systems, and Behavior. And they're all working on one, different aspects of the human condition. Some so of it's cool. opioid yeah, tracking. Is... Some of it's the way people grow things. What I love is like it's, it's, just, it's getting to all these different aspects of life to show you just how ubiquitous this is becoming, right? right. That to me is just so interesting. And this being our fifth year doing this, it really shows how this is just growing and growing and that we're able to kind of take a day like this and put a focus on it no, and get people it in is, It's great. It's going to be a great day. And if you want to know about what's happening in Pittsburgh, you've got to be engaged in these kinds of things that we do because people come out. They want to, they want to talk to other people and talk amongst their peers and find out how people are using exactly. these technology solutions in different sectors across different markets mm -hmm. because you know what? Everything is commingled. So it's, it's really exciting. And, and then – we um, also have representation from Fortiv. We have the vice president of analytics from Fortiv, which acquired um, Industrial Scientific. Ah, okay. That's where I didn't know that name. And, and you said right, Industrial Scientific, Gecko, and now I know. Gecko Robotics, Highmark Health, IBM, and PwC. Every dimension it's covered, of business yes. is impacted by everything that is emerging right around the bend. And that's why and they, there are people yeah. who are scared about this. There are people who right. are excited by this. There's a lot of um, conversation going on, company to company, inside companies. How do they manage some of the information that they've even gathered? And what do they do with it? So Very much so. ethical issues. It's just it's, it's well, nonstop. This is, this is why – I love being at the Pittsburgh Technology Council so much because these are the things that we do, right? At the end of the day, we bring all these folks into a room to have these discussions, to actually put the, the humans behind it at the end of the day and make those connections and gain that knowledge. To me, I think that's just pretty freaking awesome. It is. It's really I'm awesome. excited about it. I'm really excited about, like I said, our fifth year doing this. Plus, we'll be on the ground grabbing interviews for Tech Vibe if you go to – any of your favorite podcast platforms, you can find special interviews from the event that we're going to be grabbing with some of the speakers as they are made available really great. To us. And we also have a great yeah. show. We do. Right? So we got treats based off and by tonight. Haven't talked to them in a while. Yes. So that is really interesting. Rick is just blowing it up in a good way over there. Like he's, he's blowing my mind. So I remember when he started Treat Space, oh my goodness, probably five or six years ago. And how he's really catching right now. It just seems like what the, he, what he's doing is really coming together. And I'm just excited because at the end of the day, he's saving people's lives. He's getting people to care when they need it. Like to me, it's, it's, it's amazing to apply leading-edge technology to ensure you do your follow-up visits with your doctor. Simple things like that make a huge impact. Yeah, think about how often you don't do a follow-up. Right, exactly. Like, okay, yeah, right, okay, I'll go. No worries. And you never go. Right. This keeps that from and happening. And think about what that does to the system. Right. And to the human. Right. Drives costs into the system and it shortens people's lives. <laughs> so you can increase people's lives and shrink costs. That's a kind of a good way to take those numbers I yeah. think, in, in those looking directions. Forward to, looking so, forward to talking to him. Yeah, Anyone Rick, else Rick's we're having on dude. the show? And of course, Roadbotics is stopping by. We have Ben Schmidt, 
detailing the lace for that company. I didn't realize how big they were. I remember when they had a little co-working space in a center, and it was like a three people. <laughs> and I think now they're up to like fifty people they're or 60, something. Right. And I'm like, right. oh my god! Like, how did that happen? And that's why we love doing this show because we get to tell those and, stories. And people are psyched to share yeah, their story. Exactly. It's tough being an entrepreneur. It's lonely being an entrepreneur. Yep. But boy, do we love our entrepreneurs. We do, man, because that's it's it's the future of what's happening, and um, being able to put a little spotlight on that to me is just fantastic. So we're, t- we're taking a break, but we're coming back with all this tech vibe coming right in front of you. We're coming right back with Rick Kinsler from Treat Space, and he brought his team with him as well, too. So it's be a, it's be a really fun. fun time as far as that is. So this is uh, Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. And, of course, we're from the Pittsburgh Technology Council, founded way back in 1984. I was in the sixth grade. Wonderful place to be. <laughs> Probably I was still in the sixth grade. Uh, life would be awesome. <laughs> Just saying. Anyhow, go to bjhtech.org and learn all about us. Welcome back. You are dialed right into Tech Vibe Radio this Wednesday night. I have a feeling you might want to strap your seatbelts on for this uh, next couple of segments. We're actually we're, we're doing a double dose of treat space. We are. Sometimes, space. Yeah, sometimes. Double dose. Double dose, man. How do you even interpret what that means? And so, <laughs> yeah, we already heard from one of the individuals that's going to talk about what this double dose is. So who do we have in the house? My name is Rick Cancelier. And you are? The founder and CEO of Treat Space and Practice Beat. Very great. And who else is in the house? My name is Ashley Latta. And I'm the VP of Operations and Customer Success at Treat Space. Nice. And we have one more character in the house. <laughs> we're, we're breaking fire code right now, Audrey. I like yeah. this. I love you, Audrey. Uh, <laughs> my name is Naveen, and uh, I'm the VP of uh, Practice Beat as well as Engineering and Product Management. Very exciting. So, so Rick, we're going to go back to Rick for a minute now. Sort of set the stage. You've been working in, first of all, a little bit about your background, that you're not new to being an entrepreneur. You've been doing this most of your probably adult and teen life as well. So just, you know, get us, ramp us up a little bit. So Rick Cancelier, the man, the, the person who has helped build, you know, a couple of companies and definitely is an entrepreneur. You're never going to work for someone else. Can you imagine that? That'd be kind of interesting. I, I, the two people I work for the most are in this room, so they, they wouldn't agree with you there. But um, I would say... Uh, this particular company started quite a bit before I started the company. Uh, I was at my previous business in medical marketing and working in uh, with diagnostics, therapeutics, medical device companies in, in launching business strategies. And one of my college roommates called me and said, can you help me find a specialist in medulloblastomas? Oh, of course, yes. Uh, many, many to pick from. It's just a normal conversation. <laughs> I get those right? requests you know? all the time. And, yes. and so I said, "Why? What do you What do you need this for?" And he had uh, been diagnosed with with brain cancer. And Good Lord, his man. doctor said you, at Hopkins that your head is a bucket of white paint, and someone came in and dripped in three drops of red paint, stirred the paint around. And my job is to get the paint out. And I have a 95% chance of not getting it out. Even if I take it out, there's a 99% chance it's going to come back. And um, I don't have much hope here. 
And Adam was saying to me, you know, your, your aunt um, had, a, had a, a different story. And, and I said, um, she did. And, and he remembered my Aunt Jill, who was just crazy. Like, we're, all the cancelers are crazy. But um, Jill in particular, um, she would just walk into doctor's offices and, and sit down and say, I, I want to tell you about my situation. What can you do for me? And without an appointment. And so she wow. did this several Talked times. Way, yeah, <clears throat> and exactly. she found a, a practice that was had this procedure. I think it was called chemo baths. And they said, you know, we we, we haven't tried it on, on humans, very many humans. We, we have some um, beliefs of what it's going to do. We'd like to we'd like to experiment. But this is one of the few people that, that said, um, you know, don't go home and get your affairs in order. Right. And so this was uh, this was interesting to her. And, and Adam remembered it. And and she lived another 16 years after that, after she was given a very short you know, prognosis. And um, Adam was in this search, right? He was in this experience that none of us ever want to find ourselves in, in this menagerie of finding a provider. You know, and it's, it's funny, too, because you look at your social network. It's online. You look at your professional network. It's online. Right. Where's your health network, right? And so Adam was like, where do I find a specialist in medioblastomas. And I'm like, I have no clue. So I started calling around. I started looking around. And I get this phone call from Adam. And, uh, and maybe two weeks later, it said, hey, I have a couple weeks left, I was told. And I just wanted to say thanks for all the introductions and for your help. You were the best roommate in college that I ever had. You know? Jeez, <laughs> like, I was man. Your only this is roommate. like super heavy. Good yeah. Gosh. And, and it, was, it was kind of intense for me. And um, I never really forgot that. And I, I, of course, jumped on a plane and went to sit down with him. And, and uh, he was smoking a joint and drinking a bourbon. And he had just bought his girlfriend a car on a credit card because why not? Right. And so and he said he's looking at me. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. And he said, I could see who my ex was dating on Facebook, but I couldn't find a doctor to save my life. And that gave you the inspiration to make And that's make the happen. inspiration I for couldn't get space? it out of my head. Yeah. I couldn't get it out of my head. It was stuck. And so – Talk about something positive coming out of something so freaking tragic. Nice segue. I like that. Um, so – I'm good like that. Yeah. <laughs> that's why he's the co-host. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm done for the day. I'll see you guys later. Right. I um, so I started to think about health networks a lot, and I I, I uh, transitioned out of that company, and I, I moved to Hawaii for about uh, for several for and several came, several. And months. you came back. Um, <laughs> well, I I wanted to get away from my clients. I was I my clients were reaching out to me and. Um, engaging me for strategic plans and these things. And, and I wanted to work on a tech business. I wanted to move into a technology company, but I couldn't get away from it. So I went off the grid. I went to the big island. I went to a house. There was no cell phone service. You couldn't actually call my cell phone. It was a, it was a, a place called the Kapoho Tide Pools, which is now gone because a fissure completely covered it. Um, so Now there's really no cell service. Yeah, there's really no service there now. It's a great place. But I rented out my place in the, in, uh, the East End and covered my cost uh, of, and then some to rent a, a full house on the Big Island and started working on a plan. What could I do that's different? And I came back and I met with some folks at Carnegie Mellon 
Kit Needham mm-hmm. and at Project Olympus. And she helped me put together some thoughts and she helped make some introductions. And I met some folks at Carnegie Mellon and we started to work on concepts. And the idea was, how could we connect patients directly to providers? Directly. Mm-hmm. No, like when someone's searching, how do we do that even simpler? I call them PLAs, people like Adam. When someone's wow, searching, geez, crazy. when someone's searching, how does the PLA find Adam? Right? Or wait, how does the PLA find the doctor that they're looking for that's the right doctor right, exactly. at the right price, the right time, the right quality? And, and how does it happen without them even thinking about it? And so... This is where Treat Space was born. We, we ran around with a couple different concepts originally. But the, the real magic happened when we met with um, a primary care practice in Pittsburgh, uh, north, northern, uh, the North Hills of Pittsburgh. And, and we started walking through referral management and how referral management worked. And we learned about the tribulations that one referral has to get scheduled, right? Less than 50% of referrals get scheduled, which is mind-blowing. Considered those... That many, that's a huge number. Because when it's a referral, it's like serious. Did you get your colonoscopy? No. Right? (laughs) Not old enough yet, thank God. (laughs) Well, the, 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 the point is, a primary care practice that makes referrals, it's very hard for them to follow up on them and make sure that that patient goes. So with a system like ours, the, the less than 50% of referrals that get scheduled, our system makes it so almost 85% or higher of referrals get scheduled. That means that colonoscopies get scheduled at a much higher rate. That means the polyps get removed for $5,000 instead of becoming a multi-million dollar no. terminal cancer case. Exactly. It means that mammograms get scheduled, right? right? And what we do that's different, we introduce a... Um, intervention where the specialist is required to call that patient three times. Exactly. And get them scheduled. And they have the data to do it. Exactly. Well, do you know, we need to actually take a break. This is why They're we have two segments. Right because now that we kind of have the idea of the founding of this, we can now talk about how Treat Spades works and what it does and how you are saving people's lives, saving money, improving quality of care. Great stuff. So hang tight. This is Jonathan Kirsten. And this is Audrey Russo. We're from the Pittsburgh Technology Council. Learn more about us at pghtech.org. And we're coming back with a lot more treat space, we swear. As promised, Audrey, we are back with a lot more treat space. What a cool, interesting story. I, mean, this I love hearing going. the journeys of people who are, who are building stuff and never going to work for another person ever in their life and solve a really compelling problem that you and I probably exactly. never think about. So we're back with Rick. He is the founder and CEO of Treat Space. So now we're going to jump into, into Treat Space. Sure. It, it turns out that those mammograms and colonoscopies, when they get scheduled at a much higher rate, you can actually track the number of lives you're saving every month for your customers. And so we started to record that data. And we started to track it. And we went to a a competition down in Nashville where there were 300 companies competing to win a million dollars. And we ended up winning a million dollars because we showed them how we show primary care practices how many patients' lives they save every month just by managing referrals. What was that like when you win a million bucks like that, knowing that how that validates your idea that someone's putting a million bucks behind it like that? For you know, competition. It, it was 
it was something that had already happened in my head multiple times. Huh. So I felt like it was just, it was like, okay, on to the next step. Because it felt like I, um, it felt like the team had, had worked so hard and it felt like I, I'm usually thinking a year ahead of time. Right. So I'm finally like thinking, okay, good. We're, we're good. Well, now I'm let's, thinking, let's I'm thinking Hawaii has a new slogan here saying, <laughs> Start your startup here. <laughs> Dream your startup here and then take it to the rest of the world. Well, so the, the thing was, I mean, patient access was critical to us, making sure patients could get in to appointments. And this is where we started to see a lot of tribulation because there's still that 15%. Why do the patients not get scheduled? And we started to study it and we started to research it and dig into it. And it turns out, 95% of patients use Google as their phone book, right? The phone book is dead, right? So something has really changed. The front desk of the doctor's office is now online. Phone books are dead. Patients use Google instead, right? So now we had a different problem to help practices with on top of referral management. We have to help them outrank their competitors on Google. We have to help them Jeez, leap ahead right, as right, market right. leaders because there's billion-dollar corporations competing against their specialty, right? And there's drastic need to increase market share as an independent practice, right, and drive new appointments. And we build a system that does that in 30 days for an independent practice. And so patient leakage is very expensive, for a primary or specialty care practice. And so what we did is we built a system that manages the full patient journey online, solving problems like visitor loss, inconsistencies, structured data, really nerdy things that doctors don't even know exist. How to right? eliminate the weight. Yeah. There we go. That's a big piece of it. So roll in there and right? say in five minutes, not 25 minutes. The weight on the phone. In the weight on the phone as well. 80% of patients don't want to pick up the phone. They want to do something online. Right. Exactly. Right? So exactly. there's a there's a lot to that. But that's where my team, Naveen and Ashley, really jumped in to solve the next problem. And this product alone, we booked a quarter million in revenue last month on it. Just so last month. So let's let's hear from them. In December. How December's our slowest month. Well, that's great. I know that I can borrow money from you now. So that's very, very <laughs> exciting. I've been to your house. <laughs> she needs a lot of money. <laughs> so now let's hear from some of the people on your team. Naveen? Well, um, when we started Practice Beat, uh, it was, uh, uh, there was a problem with, uh, uh, with how patients are communicating with practices. And finding the practices itself was a, was a problem, right? So even though we created a network, there was still that... I know Rick was talking about the 85% getting scheduled, but there was still that 15% that we are not capturing. And that's right? a lot of people. And that's a lot of people, right? So this uh, new product offering that we came up with uh, tries to close that gap. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Not just tries. It closes it's closing. the gap. It's closing. <laughs> at, at a rapid pace. The and sound we, we of had an experienced entrepreneur. We had practices go from zero to 300 appointments in, in a month. 
And if you've been at any of these practices, you know how overwhelmed their front desk staff is, their yes. office staff. They're exactly. so busy. Right. We just hear, hear such great results from our customers because we're really helping them solve a need and something they don't have time to do or the knowledge to figure out. So but, it spins up quickly and you're able, they're able to start using it immediately. But, yeah, 30-day implementation period to get new websites launched, online presence, reputation management, the whole gamut. The last so, thing we want is a patient to think that <laughs> there's truth to uh, their gastroenterologist being a 2.5 star doctor out of five because three patients have left a review for them on Google. That doctor sees 40 patients a day. Yeah. There's three patients. Yeah. The, the ones that are... Certain things can't be left to... The ones who had a high yeah. copay, right, that are some sort of long wait time that leave a review... They manage their reputation, too. So there, there's a whole patient journey that needs managed right from the, the search process, the diligence process, the conversion process, recare. The whole thing needs managed online because the front desk is online now. Ten years ago, it's changed. Ten years ago, you couldn't get your groceries delivered in two hours from Amazon or Whole Foods, right? You couldn't get picked up in two minutes in, on the street at Uber. Like, it just didn't happen. Right? Mm -hmm. It's and so our expectations have changed. Everybody's right. expectations have changed. We've changed our habits. You use the phone book on Google instead of a phone book. Do you mm -hmm. even get a phone book now? No. I do. And it has to go right into the recycling container. It's annoying. And I asked why. Like, well, in case the internet goes down, you can use the phone book. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so th this is exciting. We, you know, we have a company here. Yeah. We don't. We have a company here that's really worked at trying to change the big problems. And we're hiring. And you're can, hiring. Can I say that? Please, yes, because yes, we want we love it when people are hiring. Our our biggest needs right now, like we've signed so many accounts, uh, we're we're backlogged into March, April. Yeah, at least March. Well, Audrey and I can help pitch in. <laughs> can you? Yeah. No, really. Come on like, over. Yeah. so our our backlog is growing, and so we're hiring. Uh, extensively, and, and our number one need right now yeah. is search engine optimization experts, right? People that really dig in to SEO, and because here's the thing: think about this at scale, hundreds of practices, right, with thousands of keywords that need managed. We need experts to help us translate what should be done manually, what should be built into the product, right? Right, but. As we scale this product, there's all kinds of pieces that have to be moved into engineering versus a service, right? Because you want to do things that aren't scalable at first to make sure that things work, but then you want to create systems and processes and products, right? And so we're looking for like solid SEO minds that get that world that can help us translate it into products too so that we can really help our customers uh, in a way that doesn't require intensive service right intensive service issues and so there's other pieces to that too that are well beyond seo i mean we're hiring almost every category from sales operations so, yeah how many folks are at treat space right now uh, not enough yeah obviously not I, I mean it's just what I, it's what i love about the story is the fact that you're hiring people, you're solving this tough problem, and it was all inspired because of something terrible that happened to, your, to a friend of yours. And that was turned into something completely positive. And I'll tell you, every month we start our board meetings with how many lives were saved this That's month. That's so cool, man. Every love single it. Love it. month. How much was it last month? 
Last month, we had four lives saved. That's what I'm talking about. That's great. And so, you know, we only have a few minutes left. We could spend, obviously, a lot more time with you. And hopefully the people who are listening can go to Treat Space. And if you need to make any kind of inquiry, I know that you can reach them there. Or practicebeat.com. Practicebeat.com and treatspace.com. Treatspace is referralmanagement.com. But then we also have Practicebeat, which is our patient acquisition product line. And that's the piece we're really hiring for right now. Which is really exciting. They're located in Pittsburgh on the east end. Shady side, right on Highland, right next to Mad Max. (laughs) (laughs) Margarita Mondays. I was going to say, nice access to all the good stuff. (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. And so is there anything else that either of you who have joined us today want to talk about and and tell the world about Treat Space and and the work that you've done? Well, for the... uh, the important thing that I wanted to say is that um, obviously we're hiring for more people, and that, that's one of the most important things that I wanted to convey to everyone. And uh, um, it's a it's a really cool place to work at. Um, I when I when I started, I was a product of Carnegie Mellon, and I did a project for Treat Space, and everybody loved it. So I've been in the company for the last four four and a half years. And what I love the fact so, is they they drew you in. You're in Pittsburgh doing what you're doing. Yeah, you can be the, anywhere you want. At the end of the product, uh, project, right. he had five offers we had to compete with. I believe it. At the end of the project uh, project presentation, Karen's like, "You come on here. You know, <laughs> we want to talk to you." And gave me the card, and it's a yeah, it was a whole process. But I fell in love with the company. It was uh, it's 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 a lot, it's a lot of work, but we're we're trying to solve um, a lot of uh, important and challenging problems. And uh, uh, if you're really passionate about uh, healthcare and trying to uh, help uh, millions of people with uh, and saving saving lives, I think it's a really cool place to be. Without a doubt. Very cool stuff all the way around. That's great. So what's next over the next yeah, year? Got about what a do minute you think? left, absolutely. Can you think about what's next for the next few months? Yeah, so scaling is really where we're focusing our attention now, mm-hmm. not just from systems and processes but people, right, but also looking out. There's some exciting things that we're doing with medical societies and partners throughout the country, and so – as we start to scale, I mean, I, two years ago, actually, how many states were we in? Two. How many states are we in now? At least 10. Right? I mean, and I think it's a lot more than 10. Um, it, it's As we start to do these types of things, we're, we're, we're signing partnerships with, with larger so that, and larger organizations. And this is why we need to have you stop back because – we want to keep hearing as you keep growing, and we've completely run out of time, which kills me. But as, if you're listening out there, you can see this is one of these amazing companies that's happening here only in Pittsburgh. We're having fun. Having Come fun, join us. Solving problems. <laughs> Eric and your team, I just can't thank you enough for stopping by here. But seriously, we're going to have you back like in six months because I'm going to hear you're like in 40 states. <laughs> in every state. They're going to be in every, every state. state. We're and in 200 states. And they're going exactly. to have, have an office in Hawaii and on the big office, island. Exactly. And we'll do the show remotely from the one in Hawaii. Who's I thought we had one in Hollywood. Make that happen. Yeah. Yeah, we'll we, make that happen. We we'll gotta, make that we, happen. We got to go. We got more Tech Vibe in front of you. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. Welcome back. You're listening to Tech Vibe Radio. And for this segment, we're hanging out in the Huntington Bank podcast studio. I like having the studio on the ground here at the PTC headquarters so we can talk to people when we find them, we can get them and nail them down to answer our questions here on the show. And I'm really excited. This is a company in Pittsburgh that I think is really, it's just doing Pittsburgh proud right now. I mean, it's pulling some of the, the coolest innovations that Pittsburgh's known for when it comes to things like artificial intelligence and startup activity and 
making our roads better, all this coming together with a cool company called Roadbotics. And we have Ben Schmidt here hanging out with us tonight. Hey, what's going on, man? How are you doing tonight? Not too much. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. Yeah. So what a cool – I mean, before we hit the record button on this, you were saying that you guys are up to like 65 employees now. And I remember when it was just a few of you guys in a sender just a few years ago. Yep. And I'm just so, so tickled <laughs> to hear that like, my goodness, these guys are up to 65 people solving some tough problems. Yeah, I mean, we've certainly grown a lot, and I think that's from a lot of our success. We're about three years old. We just passed right. that like a month or two ago. So, Very yeah, good. meteoric. Very um, cool. Hopefully it goes well and continues to go well. But we just finished a, a Series A round not too long ago. Not so long. I was proud of you guys, man. Absolutely. A nice little chunk of money you raised to fuel the growth and everything like Yeah, that. it's changed a lot. I mean, the last few months have been about sort of growing, building out, right. um, being able to just really tackle bigger objectives, more work with more governments over the – the coming years and things exactly. like that. Exactly. So. Yeah. So in case our listeners are out there, if you go to roadbotics.com, you got some great stuff on your site. You can go there and really start checking out how, how things work. So if you want to get more detail, I really encourage people to go there and, and, and learn more as far as that is. Before we jump into what robotics does, I always like to get a little background of the people that we're talking to. And Ben, you're an interesting dude, man. And, and I don't know about that. I would no. say so. I think you're, you're, you're a pretty <laughs> smart guy and you're, you're building a really important company. So what is your background and what got you interested in, in founding a company like Robotics here in Pittsburgh? Sure, sure. Um, so I am unfortunately not a native of Pittsburgh. I grew up in New York. That's um, cool. We like having you here. That's there cool. You go. I, now I feel like I'm becoming a native. Um, How many years in Pittsburgh? Like 15 or something like that. Um, oh, you're a Pittsburgh, 15, dude. Sorry, I said you're Pittsburgh. Hey, in a few years, I'll be longer here than I was in, in New York. So I'll, I'll count that as the final, the, the first day. Um, but basically, I, I came to Pittsburgh. I went to Pitt, um, went, did an undergrad, and then a PhD in bioengineering. There you go. So I've taken a little bit of a, a, a detour somewhere along so the way there. Bioengineering, yeah. too. Okay. Yeah. So I did a lot of like <laughs> medical imaging and things really? like that. Really? Oh, cool. You know, AI at the time was not at all what it is today. No. Um, but during grad school, I got really hooked on on startups and sort of the, the entrepreneurial culture. Okay. Um, I ended up leaving and going to uh, uh, another startup here in Pittsburgh, Quantera. Um, and so then from there, jumped over to this one and, and founded this one, had the opportunity to actually found this with two other great uh, Very founders. Very great story, man. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been a, a, a really wild ride so far. Um, That's what it's yeah, all about. The, it's never going to be smooth and easy, but absolutely. if you do it right, it can be surely well worth it. Absolutely. Well, and I always, you know, even the, the people that I've worked with over the years, it's, it's really very interesting to watch. I think there's really... Two types of people, those that like to work in startups and have, you know, total chaos, hair on fire, <laughs> there's, there's no safety net, um, and then the people that do not like that. So I'm definitely in the first category See. of I would be bored to death if I were not doing that. Not doing you know, that. Yeah. So That makes a lot of it's sense. It's exciting. That's good. That's good. So tell our listeners, give us like the elevator pitch of what robotics does. It's such a cool technology, and I think it's all near and dear to our hearts because we like our roads being in great conditions. Absolutely. You know what I'm I mean, saying? it's something everybody feels for certain, you know, whether it's a pothole or something else, you're exactly. going to feel it. Now, the tire um, industry may not like this very much. <laughs> there you but. go. Well, uh, who knows? Um, but basically, robotics, we, we use a smartphone camera um, and then machine learning. And what mm -hmm. we can do is the delivery at the end of the day is we work with governments yeah. and we help governments to better understand their road network. Right. Because you're, um, you're basically mapping every every inch of the road absolutely. and seeing where so the imperfections are, where the problems correct. may be arising. And you can catch more problems more quickly and find stuff. And Yep. Get into like preventative maintenance and right. things like that. Yeah. So what we do is our, our machine learning is designed to find things that are – sort of everyone commonly knows, potholes. 
Um, and then a bunch of other sort of distresses on roads that are indicative of something that's going wrong with that road or that might need uh, maintenance in advance. So it could be something that if you fix now would be a lot less expensive exactly. than if you waited for it to fully fall apart. Exactly. Right? And so that's one aspect of it, right? There's sort of this preventative. You can work on it in advance of when it really becomes damaged, when it really becomes expensive. Um, but the bigger sort of picture item of it is just – having a good objective and really comprehensive understanding of your roads. Right? Right. So as a government, you have citizens, you have a budget, reporting back to them with a transparent data set of like, here is the status. Here's this road. It's the is, truth of the road, right? It's quantitatively worse than this road. And this will, you know, right. here's what's going to happen from so, that. So once again, how do you capture the data? You said it's through it's through a smartphone, smartphone camera. Yeah, so exactly. Do you we, attach this to like your dashboard of, your, of a car and yep. just drive the roads and it starts? Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. Data? So we take a smartphone, mount it up in the, the windshield of a car facing out. So we basically have the image as like a, a dash cam as though you were a passenger in the vehicle. And from there, we can pull out all wow. the, the surface information from the road. Wow. That's that's some serious imaging going on there for yeah. just a, a smartphone camera to pick up all these details and anomalies on a road and then oh, pull that into data points. Absolutely. And the, the wild part is like even three, four years ago, this would not have been possible. Really? Like this is oh, sort of wow. the, the bleeding edge of, of AI these days, okay. these dirt, deep learning nets. Right. Um, that is really what is enabling us to be able to you know, do this with a weird perspective, with a complicated sort of view and lots of different – you know, we've done everything from Australia to the UK to all over the See, US. See, that's what so gets me so happy when I hear wild. about a Pittsburgh company that's oh, like absolutely. all around the world doing this. You're taking your technology developed here to oh, solve yeah. problems everywhere. Oh, yeah. We've got that's pictures cool. of like Sydney Opera House all the way to like Big Ben and then, you know, <laughs> PPG plays down the right. down street too. So. So, so does a um, like a municipality or a local government agency, they actually just put this in a, like a, a county car, for lack of a better term, and just, just say, hey, we're going to start mapping the roads? I mean, how do they make sure they get all the roads? Like how? Oh, that's a very hard problem. Yeah. Um, but yes, that is that's what we offer to them. So we basically make sure we call it coverage. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, really crazy idea. Um, but yeah, the first step is always trying to figure out like what are the roads that are they're responsible for. Um, that's always a, a challenge. Just you know, roads don't change that often, but they do change. Right. right? Like exactly. yeah, a shopping market or something like that. Um, find that, and then what we do is we basically while we're collecting the data, and yeah, mount it up in any car. It could be a rental car to a pickup truck to. So you can uh, have like on your on your like garbage truck. Yeah, you, in Florida right now, right? there are street sweepers that actually have mounted See? these yeah. up in um, Tampa that are driving around collecting data. So like, <laughs> cool. yeah, you got a vehicle on awesome. a road, and we can use it. You can use it, um, and, that, so, yeah. that, and that's probably key that you can put it onto any phone. It's not like a proprietary piece of equipment that you have to install. Absolutely, and have that's the part that's up. that's right. wild about it. Is exactly. that, yeah, you've got this device in your pocket. So in your pocket right now, you, you have be. an infrastructure <laughs> monitoring <laughs> device. Like that's that's mind blowing. I'll never look at my iPhone the same. Again. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, you should be driving. We should have this on the road from now on. Um, but yeah, that's the really neat part about it is, yeah, you download the app anywhere in the world. You have your smartphone. You know, it's like 10 bucks to buy one of those suction cup things. Exactly. Um, and then you take that, sort of a simple way of collecting mm-hmm. data, understand what your road network looks like, and do okay. we actually collect all of it? Right. Layer in that uh, machine learning, and then there you go. So now it brings, this is it brings a report data. back, so 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 officials can actually look at the data, and then based on that, they can decide what needs to be repaired when exactly. and how. And exactly, they can 
make the recommendations. They can you know potentially go back and look at things like do we have the right budget, right? Do we exactly. need more? Do we need less? Almost no one needs less. Everyone so needs more. what's the feedback been? I'm, I'm assuming obviously since you're growing as fast as you are with 65 people in countries you know, everywhere, um, it's working. Absolutely. And so I, I Absolutely. can imagine you're probably blowing some minds when they're getting the data and they're it's probably incredible. saying like, wow. It's incredible. Because again, you know, the, the neatest part here is that when you think about it from like the government's perspective, someone that's been doing this for 10 years, 20 years, right? right. Like this is a revolutionary thing, right? That exactly. in their pocket, they have this ability to sort of completely overhaul the way that they go about managing the roads. Right. And surveying is – it's it's tough. It's it's a lot of work, right? You used it's, to get in a truck with a pen and paper. You pull over. Exactly. Start you know, mapping things are. out. Mark yeah, things. Yeah, you put yeah. on an audio book. You start driving circles, maybe even a podcast. <laughs> uh, you know, and you collect all the data and you're done. That's so um, cool. I love do it. Do that. Bring in the uh, – yeah. ML and and, and and basically, I mean, you're really a, you're helping governments save money, but being instead of, instead of mostly play reactive to many situations, sure. they, they're now becoming proactive because they're learning ahead of time that a road maybe is falling apart, and they know we can actually budget money now to fix it. It will cost less, and uh, that right. way you're getting less people that are upset and calling in complaints about roads and knowing that you're, absolutely the, and that you have very safe infrastructure, obviously on top of that. Yeah, yeah. When you think about things like um, there are these Vision Zero processes where okay. you know, no more road deaths is sort of the goal of right. every society. Um, you know, this this can be one of the contributors, damage to roads, a pothole that you have to dodge, any sort of like inconsistencies, those all right. lead to safety issues. Um, but again, one of the most interesting and sort of transformative ways here, and we're not quite old enough to really make the claim over lots and lots of time, okay. but you just think about it. We can do this much more frequently, right? So not only can we tell you, here's the condition of your roads right now, and okay. here's the decisions you should make, but we can also tell you six months from now, you do it again, and we can tell you what changed. You just kind of did your, the overlay on top, and right, you can see that work? something's changed, did it not right? Work? Is, it, is it maybe there's a drainage problem here, right? Like maybe we've all seen it where water right. is sort of like spinning out onto the, the road surface. So you can start to do it more frequently, and that means now we can actually get – not only better decisions, but we can get feedback on those decisions. So cool. Um, so like you talk about transparency. I but love like it. The coolest part is it's really going to just transform the way that governments sort of operate, right, that they interact. That is just amazing. I, we're running out of time. And it's killing me because I have so many more questions I want to yeah, ask you. Sure. But, but, but the big thing right now is so what's moving on? Obviously, you've got some money behind you. You're in hiring mode. What's next for robotics in the coming six months? Oh, that's going to be a lot of different things. I don't think we can cover all that in a minute. But, um, yeah, your best you know, a, a, a lot of just yeah, growth in terms of, you know, we want to just – we need to work with more governments. There's a lot more out there that we can help. Um, but another big aspect of that is going to be our product, right? So we, gotcha. we started with just ratings on roads. Um, in short order, we're going to start thing, creating things like here, every single one of your potholes in your community, just done. Here's a machine learning that gave you exactly. every pothole. I love it. There you go. Uh, looking at other types of surface distresses and then other kinds of like objects. You just right. think about all the things that governments own, right, that they are responsible for. And we can help with that in the same exact way we have. So exactly. You're just going to see more and more and more, faster <laughs> and faster and faster. So. That's the best. Right. Awesome. What a great story. Only here in Pittsburgh, Ben Schmidt from Rome. Roadbotics. Go to roadbotics.com and check it out. Your mind will be blown when you see their technology in action. Great, great stuff, Ben. Thanks for hanging out with us tonight. Thank you. Hey, thanks again for tuning into Tech Vibe Radio tonight. Really appreciate your time 
and your attention. We love telling these stories of Pittsburgh's technology sector. We keep doing it every single Wednesday night. But of course, if you got a little Jones in for some tech vibe, you can listen to us anytime you like. Just go to your favorite podcast platform, whether that's Google Play, whether that's Stitcher, whether that's Apple, wherever you want to go, you can find Tech Vibe Radio. We got a whole library of all these conversations and just really can't impress upon you enough to go check it out and, and learn a whole lot about what's making Pittsburgh tick as far as that is. Also remind you, go to pghtech.org and learn all about the Pittsburgh Technology Council. We love helping tech companies succeed. We've been doing it since 1983. We've got some key services to help you build new business, find talent, get visibility. It's all out there. Really encourage you to check us out and make us part of your business platform. Hey, this is Jonathan Kirsten with the Pittsburgh Tech Council. Have an awesome rest of your evening.